Hello, listeners to Before Lunch Ends. Uh, as is the tradition, we're debating right now what to call our listeners mm-hmm. once again, but I'm actually sort of leaning towards Before Lunch Enders because that is probably the most specific thing we can say about the people that are consuming this. So are we is that Before Lunch Endies? Well, I don't, like, I don't like laying claim to our audience. I kind of like the idea that we are the bastion of all intelligent life uh, from... Mm-hmm. Right, so definitely not taking the grandiose path. Sure, sure. And instead, we're going to say that every intelligent species in the universe has equal home on the Before Lunch Ends podcast. I, I definitely agree with that sentiment. And um, I mean, so what, what? I think the motivation here is to try to avoid pinning down um, any particular, like you said, any particular... Um, label. label. Label, you know, for someone who, yeah. someone, something, some, some that, I that like, exists I like in the universe. Universities? Okay. When this we, is listened to eons yeah. in the future, right. who knows what exactly. exactly. Will be called so we then, still right. need the feedback from our universities. Well, let's just go ahead and decide at fan this mail moment. Lately, I think maybe we had a whole bunch. We, we did have a lot of fan mail. Uh, it was not quite related. Yeah, but we'll have to make a whole other, other episode. Yeah, where we go through and answer extensive fan mail. Exactly. All right, so we're going with universities. Anyways, welcome. This is our fifth episode here on Before Lunch Ends. We're really excited to bring it to you today. A few different interesting topics uh, that we want to cover. Primarily, um, you know, we were thinking this week uh, and last week about extraterrestrial life and how we've been doing this podcast, you know, for four or five times now, and we've yet to broach that topic, so we thought we'd try to do that today. And then along in the news, we saw, you know, um, NASA releasing formal plans to colonize Mars within the next decade, or excuse me, colonize the moon within the next decade and then move on to Mars. So we thought we'd give a little time to that as well. But maybe before we get started, actually, one of our, little off topic, but we're we're, we're a little bit interested for just, just give us a, give us the, it was here on Earth, but Cooper went to, uh, went on a little vacation, and I just want to hear sort of how that was, and we can, we'll work in how this relates to, to our yeah, as typical all, discussion. As all of our listeners are keenly interested in, in my pins and needles, life. Cooper. Yeah. Pins and needles. I went to Jackson Hole, do some skiing a couple weeks ago. Black Hole, or absolutely Jackson, Jackson Hole. Okay. Yeah, oh, beautiful yeah. conditions. Winter, uh, I think, is record-breaking snowfall for the season. So you know, just uh, what would you say? Stacking up the world records as far as uh, temperature mm-hmm. and climate is concerned. Thanks for that climate Jackson change. Jackson Hole is in the United States for our global Yes, listeners. it's in Wyoming, uh, one of the uh, territories of the United States of America, whatever right. that will still be named in thousands of years. Right. May not be named. Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous, man. Our planet is absolutely breathtaking. It is. No, and that, that, that's a cool planet. That's basically, you know, there are lots of things to experience here on Earth that would stimulate, you know, uh, discussions about the broader universe. And I thought that experiencing something that beautiful and that grand here on Earth would probably be, you know, somewhat perspective changing. Um, oh yeah, I would definitely say there is a correlation between the amount of time you spend outdoors and your desire to <clears throat> conserve the environment. Yeah. Yeah, to be able to have those opportunities, us, you know, and future generations of human beings and whatnot, and maybe others, maybe 
other extraterrestrial life. Here we go. Coming here you go. There's the transition, guys. Coming, you know, here Slick. to Earth, be able to to see such grandeur, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, the topic du jour. Um, so there's, you know, and we're gonna we're gonna sort of be all over the place a little bit with this topic, but generally speaking, what we really want to get out on the table is a perspective on extraterrestrial life um, today. And that, for us, that includes broad spectrum, so that includes, you know, anything ranging from small bacteria, protozoa, all the way up to, you know, what you would think of as ET, the intelligent life. Um, So I think we'll probably just maybe just maybe we start by um, understanding what the scope of extraterrestrial life is maybe provide some definitions and then go into uh, the then go into speculation and other support you know supporting theories that suggest that there might be extraterrestrial life in certain places or when it might have occurred or and Cooper I think you'd probably be the best to sort of uh, provide that foundation of, of what what is extraterrestrial life from sure. you know any perspective yeah so i guess the best way to start is just to get an idea of the the scope of what the the implications of this are so there's around i don't make any numbers up i think 13 trillion or so stars in the universe Mm. at least it's in the tens of trillions and (coughs) our initial uh probings into uh, planets that exist around these stars is I think as of now we are confident with a number that 20 to 25 percent of stars have a planet. Uh, we have found they're usually no less than in groups of five or more so there are still trillions and trillions and trillions of planets that could be viable for life to exist. Um, we have, no- we have noticed just from the extreme environments on Earth, of which there are plenty and diverse, uh, life wins out. You know, life of any kind can really find a way as long as you have the most basic ingredients. We are still not convinced that we know what the basic ingredients are and that we even exist on the required basic ingredients. You know, we imagine you need carbon, you need water, and... Uh, I think you need oxygen, but I'm not even no. You, I, I'm not They're even also sure. Anaerobic-like organisms. What? Oh yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. So, I, I think, as far as we're concerned, at least, if you can find water, it's a pretty good indication that you're going to find life. Uh, and so, on the closest rock to us, that is not the moon, we found there to be abundance amounts of water. You know, oceans existed on Mars. The, the really the best interpretation of Mars is it's just the Earth fast-forwarded a few million years, yeah. right? So at one point, we imagine there was a very Earth-reminiscent uh, climate and uh, like biosphere kind of layout on yeah. Mars as there was to Earth. And so to me, it seems that if all the evidence is pointing to the fact that life exists on the next pebble that's next to our planet, if you then scale that out into the trillions and trillions of what n equals, then I think it's almost impossible that life of any sort uh, doesn't exist somewhere. From star to star. From from star to star, yeah. I, I would be 
I would be shocked, actually, if we don't find life on Mars. Mm -hmm. uh, even more shocked if we don't find life on, like, Europa. Yeah, Europa. Yeah. No, uh, I want to, so this is, this is excellent. I want to go back to something you said, uh, a couple things, actually, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, regarding the correlation between finding water and finding life. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's, it's for, for our estimation, at least here, it's one-to-one, -one, right? If you find water, let's just say it's, it's very close. It's like yes. 90%, you know, you're going to find life. If you work on that assumption, that I'm wondering if there if you know of any models that we've created that try to predict where we would find water that that could possibly predict where we would find water elsewhere. Uh, is that something that we've even tried to model or? Yeah, I mean, so so there are ways to determine it. Uh, being in the Goldilocks zone, as mm -hmm. it's called, is a big uh, factor of that. And so what that is, it's basically there is a region within any solar system, so any system that is that has uh, objects orbiting around a star. There is some distance away from that star where we believe uh, life can be optimally formed, and that's because <coughs> You know, there is only a certain range within uh, that life, or that water can be liquid. Yeah. Um, I don't think liquid water is a requirement. I imagine that gaseous water can probably have a similar uh, indicator. But from what we've seen, and I'm not 100% sure that this is the reason, but water is just a fantastic catalyst for chemical reactions. Mm -hmm. And so if you just allow, you know, pretty much, if you run the gamut of chemical reactions that are possible and you just give it the perfect petri dish pretty much for all of those interactions to play out and give a few million years of time to, for this experiment to run, the likelihood that some form of complex uh, system of chemistry is going to form and then evolve, you know, that's exactly how life formed on Earth. Yeah, uh, which, is yeah. A, which is another topic. And actually, the, so there's so many things here, right? But. One of the things we need to get into is, is um, all right, so let's start with the Goldilocks zone, right? Yeah, so yeah. Um, do we, being this, being this essentially observable, we, you know, if it's an observable um, characteristic of a planet that it is in the Goldilocks zone, yeah. right? So yeah. of the observable, in the observable universe, how many other planets have we seen in the Goldilocks zone? That's, is that a fair question? Uh, it, or is it's that... a total fair okay. question, and the answer does exist. I don't know off the top of my head, but I know it's in the thousands, yeah. at least, of just from what we've seen. And again, the first exoplanet, I think, was discovered in, in the 2000s, like the <clears throat> early 2000s, I believe. Or yeah. if not, then the late 90s. So this is a very, very recent effort. For you know, before that, it wasn't even people weren't even convinced that exoplanets existed. Or if they did, they thought they were incredibly rare. Yeah. And us finding not only we see them, but they are pretty much just as uh, you know common of an occurrence as anything in in the universe has been a huge wake up call. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So. Judging by what we've seen in the split, if you were to expand that out to the whole galaxy, there are going to be billions of planets yeah. in the Goldilocks zones of their stars. Yeah, and actually, At I just want—I just want to support that. I, I just quick Wikipedia, as you know, in 2013, um, essentially there could be as many as 40 billion Earth-sized planets yeah. orbiting in these. Uh, habitable zones within the Milky Way. Right, and so so you unpack that for a sec. So they're even excluding a lot of potentials. You know, they said Earth-sized planets, so we're assuming that life 
uh, is optimally you know, grown on an Earth-sized planet, which is not a hypothesis that we've confirmed. Um, you know, pretty much of all of the parameters that we think Earth, uh, that Earth has that makes it good at supporting life, of just those parameters, there are 40 billion that match that mm -hmm. number, right? So yeah. like, it, it's just based on the scale of the universe, like when you, just statistically, when you take any of these low chances and you just expand them out to numbers like billions or trillions, the likelihood that you're gonna get an instance of this occurring is, is just astronomically high. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, intelligent life becomes an entirely different conversation, of course, and that's where humanity is moving out of its evidence uh, and hypotheses zone, pretty much, and kind yeah. of going into Well, but there is, there is maybe one, maybe the most, na <clears throat> excuse me, most naive approach you could take mm -hmm. to estimating if there's intelligent life is essentially saying, all right, well, if we find, um, if, you, if we find non-intelligent life or most of the most basic kinds of life, that used to exist, still does exist on Earth. It used to be the only kinds of life on Earth. And over billions of years, we've developed, you know, intelligent life over whatever, seven billion years, uh, yeah, yeah, roughly. Right. Um, so, so, you know, I guess the, the process would be um, essentially trying to trace back when Earth formed and, you know, and in the Goldilocks zone with water and everything, mm -hmm. and then, you know, bring that forward seven billion years and say, all right, you will get intelligent life in seven billion years. Um, I wonder if you could ex essentially extrapolate, you know, go from there, basically. How many planets <clears throat> could we estimate were formed uh, in the Goldilocks zone, in the Milky Way, let's just consider the Milky Way, uh, around the time Earth was formed, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, could that be an indication of finding intelligent life on those planets? Absolutely. You know, <clears throat> to me, I don't even think getting down to like a a number uh, of like how many we think there could be even matters because like again, as, as we said, you know, just statistically based on how how many uh, examples of this there are in the universe, how many chances we have to find intelligent life, even if we put ourselves into the most rigorous of boxes and say only the exact parameters that allowed Earth to exist are going to allow for intelligent life to exist, you're still going to get billions of planets that nearly mimic us in our life cycle. We might not be in the same time in that life cycle, but there, we don't know anything special about Earth. There's nothing that we've read or discovered that makes Earth different than any other planet with similar initial conditions, right? Mm -hmm. And what we found is the sun is a very run-of-the-mill, medium-sized star. Yeah. And the Earth is, you know, not that note. I mean, other than the fact that, yes, it has organic life, like it didn't form any differently than any of the other planets. You know, they all undergo the same exact process. Is it, is it common for planets... Um, our size to have volcanism because I think that's another yeah so thing activity is a big indicator mm. of tectonic uh, life. activity yeah. right because mm. um, it was the black smokers right that, it, or like some kind of volcanism yeah that, well I think like I'm pretty sure actually no the first life was formed in pools in like volcanic pools actually yeah yeah, yeah. except so, inner inter, you have to add some kind of organic matter right. To, so to carbon. So here's another so, actually interesting. So yeah, thing. like an like an asteroid so, impact. Like a lot of people speculate that 
life on Earth could be because of asteroid impact with the combination of the Goldilocks zone and the water and every, you know, the nice chemical mix of perfect yeah yeah perfect material yeah 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 cocktail yeah so yeah so the yeah so that theory uh very popular it's called panspermia is the idea that the uh the ingredients for life came here on an asteroid um i don't know if it's been disproven but i think the evidence on earth like what we found is that all the materials that needed to be that needed to exist in order for life to be created just existed in our, our solar system, right? Like, right. so the sun is creating pretty much every element in the periodic table, you know, uh, the prevalence of each of which is determined by the mass of the sun, whatever. And all those materials are, are existent in the protoplanetary <coughs> disk, it's called, which is pretty much just gas, a lot of different elements just in, you know, a, a, a disk. Uh, orbiting around each other. Um, so what we think we found is like if you trace the ancestry of the organics that we see on Earth, and obviously this is not an exact science and we're not all the way there yet, um, the, the lineage goes pretty far back to the point where I think we are fairly confident that life could have formed and very likely did form without the help of an asteroid. But the thing is, um, we, we are under the assumption that life can only be carbon-based because we've only seen carbon-based life, right? Mm -hmm. And there are reasons for that, like carbon, uh, again, I don't want to talk too far out of my knowledge base, but carbon is a very, uh, what would you say, very, not can, 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 can meto-available, I guess yeah. would be the word, like it's very easy to create, uh, um, chemical systems around a carbon base mm -hmm. uh, and there are also even down to the fusion level like carbon has like more opportunities to be fused I think it is or, or the the reaction like each fusion reaction to create a certain element requires different ingredients and different steps and I think there are more routes to get carbon than there yeah. are for most other yeah. uh, elements, so what that means is carbon just happens to be very abundant in these types of areas, and if you see, you know, pretty much whatever element your sun is shooting into the planets pretty much is going to determine kind of what develops on that planet, and us having a medium-sized star, you know, the amount of, I guess you could say, uh, fusion into carbon. Like, if carbon is what? I think the sixth or eighth element in the table. Like, it's, Six. it's not that high up, right? Mm -hmm. right. So, it, it's a pretty light element, so it doesn't take that massive of a star to create a lot of it, right? So, if we were orbiting around a much more massive star, it's very likely that the more abundant element is something deeper down mm -hmm. on the periodic table. Yeah. This might be going crazy, but let's say iron or something, right? Silicon is another. Silicon system. is, yeah, 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 right. So, you could have non carbon based life. Right. And we know that, you know, you know, circ you know, we can we can mimic organic look? circuitry almost like with computers. silicon circuitry. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So there's nothing that says that carbon even and, needs to yeah. be the basis of life, and at that point, that expands the possibilities to like yeah, ad infinitum, no. pretty sure. much, right? Sure. Like, isn't isn't there something also methane instead of water? So in, in a planet that's further away out of the Goldilocks zone, maybe there's like another chemical, like another chemical composition that has its own Goldilocks zone further away. Like, totally possible. Like, you know, we're, like we're uh, methane-based yeah. instead of 
water. Yeah, we're basing Absolutely. all this on, on silicate carbon right. and water. We have one example yeah. of this yeah. working. Which is totally valid, right. but we should not be closed off to. Right, and so what I'm saying is like when you come to all these formulations of like how many you know possible exoplanets can, can sustain life, we need to think of that through the lens of like that is a very um, narrow, yeah. Life has multiple definitions. Avenue of inquiry. Like we have no just, idea, right? What yeah. can create life? Like how many different avenues there are? We are just assuming that the one that created <coughs> us is either the only one or the far more likely one. Yeah. Being the far more likely one, I, I can totally get on board with, but definitely yeah. not being the only one. We don't have the information to make that claim. I, I think that's that's. Uh, um, Completely accurate. Right. Yeah. And, and and then like to Frank's point, if carbon need not be the basis of life, then why does water need to be the catalyst of it? Right? Yes. These so things. like we, we really don't know. Mm -hmm. And our ignorance, it's actually interesting because our ignorance is forcing us into a narrow line of inquiry, which is going to give us actually results that are biased in the conservative direction. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And as we learn more, we'll probably expand that numbers and find there are even more possibilities for life to. to Would form. you suspect that you know we live kind of a narrow-minded lifestyle? Like every day we have our, we're just coming and going to work. We don't think about these big questions. Do you think if more humans on Earth thought about these big questions? Would we have made a lot more discoveries about extraterrestrial life with by now instead of being kind of caught up in our day-to-day -day rat race? Without a doubt. And I think the best example of that... becoming a less narrow, a less ignorant mm -hmm. um, society. Totally, and yeah. The Apollo program is the perfect example mm -hmm. of that. You know, like, when there was, even just in one country in the world, I mean, you can say two, but we'll just focus on the United States Apollo program. Just having one country, you know, rally around the space program and the idea of accomplishing a space-borne task increased the amount of resources, the amount of morale, and definitely the speed at which we achieved that goal by like an incalculable amount, right? Back so, during a time when technology was still pretty primitive. Right, right, you know, like there was, a, there was that super famous, you know, kind of analogy, not analogy, just uh, fact, fact oh, yeah. that, you know, you hold every, pretty much everyone in the, in the country holds in their hand a computer that is significantly like multiple orders of magnitude more powerful than the entirety of the systems that brought humans to and back to the moon. So like, technology's advanced at a staggering rate if but like I collective morale can determine which direction that we are right. innovating in right yeah and so I think that brings us perfectly into NASA's announcement officially of the plan to get a moon base and no matter how many times I say the word moon base it's not going to be any less cool <laughs> right like the idea yeah. that you can look up at the moon and know that there is a colony of yeah. human beings up there establishing our presence there That'll give you forever yeah. forever yeah that is insane you know yeah. like I did not get to experience it's cool now but just wait another 50 years to be taken for granted yeah oh I'm sure you know oh yeah we're just on the moon no big deal. and it's you know just and, and I think that it's a, it's a huge milestone. Yes, it's a huge milestone, and I think it's exciting enough that we could maybe get our country back to similar levels of enthusiasm as we had for the Apollo program. Yeah. you know, which is very potent, very yeah. very potent. Absolutely. So, um, well, I had so a couple a couple thoughts actually. Uh, one one last thought on on ET, uh, yeah. and, and this yeah, does yeah, lead yeah. into to you know the the moon and Mars and beyond and everything, but so we. have 
we're talking primarily about the probability of existence, but and you know um, whether or not we would have made more progress had we been thinking about these things on a you know larger scale, a civilization-wide scale, long ago. There's plenty of topics there, but what? So uh, let's just consider for a couple minutes what would be the implications on civilization if we found and like everyone knew people it was it was a common knowledge that there was mm -hmm. intelligent extraterrestrial hopefully, life hopefully a lot yeah. of political borders would go like, what, what, i would say like, a lot of what yeah there would be a lot of uh, religious reconciling that would need to happen uh in order to explain religious, political right other other entities more of formed I guess Team necessarily Earth. outside yeah. of God's image. Yeah, right? Earth. We could see cheerleaders. I think, I think the bigger issue Team is Earth. the fact that if we find, well, I guess it depends how we find out. If we, let's say, discover millions of light years away, like just you know, mounting evidence that there exists some civilization in the background. I think that will be incredibly exciting and we could have our time to prepare for what that could mean for humanity. Uh, if another, if an intelligent species discovers us, I think we would go into panic mode because necessarily the species that discovers us is more advanced than us, mm -hmm. right? Or they just had the dumbest luck that could ever be calculated. More, more probable. Just happened, it is more happened, probable, to, just right. happened to find our Voyager one probe. Right, and there are a lot of theories that exist now that try and answer the whole Fermi paradox is like, why haven't we seen them if yeah. they're so mm -hmm. likely? And I, I, my biggest, or the one that I gravitate towards is the whole anthill theory, which is the idea that if you are so far advanced beyond a civilization, then you are like you've likely established, you know, regulations and rules around how to interact with this planet. Like when we, uh, you know, have ant hills that we can build and we can put and create them in little glass boxes and put mm -hmm. them in our house, and the ants have no clue that they are in a box in somebody's house. They think they're just on the planet or they're not thinking at all, right? And their entire world has not been affected in any way by the fact that they're being constantly observed by yeah. significantly more advanced species. So I think that is more likely. I don't so think if that they there's observe us and hear this. Do you think they will give us a sign? Or it's 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 possible. You know, it, I think it depends on how much more advanced they are than us. Like if they're so advanced that they've seen a million civilizations like us, and angle. there's nothing for for them to learn from us. Okay. And. If and again, like this goes like this goes to like the the levels of civilization thing, like you know, yeah. a level one civilization is, is scale. right. Yeah. It's taking you know the energy from its planet. Level two is taking it from its star, and so on. I believe that the intelligent species that will discover us will probably be at least one level above us, mm -hmm. and likely the resources on the planet are not like that significant that it requires some huge effort for them to come like destroy us and, and, and extract all of our resources unless they want to take our whole star, which is, you know, then we can't do anything yeah. about that. But I, I think that it's, it's not likely that the it's species that's so advanced that they can discover us and make contact with us has anything to learn from us. So, so, so to, from just us. to summarize this, I guess the two things are one, Depends on how the contact was made. Yeah. Right. For sure. Whether whether we're making contact or they're making contact, and then I guess two, there is, um, just the the amount uh, the the momentum of 
preconceived notions that most of humanity has about our place in the universe would be up for debate. Like, yes. like it would be, it would no longer have any, there would be absolutely no rational basis to continue. Right. Yeah. And you know what? Like, there will be people that will rationalize sure. it and whatever. Um, and also, I actually think to add to that point is if we discover another aliens just by mounting evidence, there's going to be equal, I think there'll be equally as many people that will never accept that evidence, no matter how compelling as there are that don't accept climate change, mm, regardless of like, right, like, or flat earth. I mean, but climate change is better because it's like a 50-50 split on earth. There could be more that don't believe it than, than yeah. do. And there is, you know, essentially unsurmountable proof, but that's not necessarily the argument we want to get into. But the important piece of that is if we make this discovery, like think about the whole uh, alien superstructure kind of you know buzz that went on a couple years ago, where people saw all these objects passing by a star and they were look they didn't look natural, so people thought there was some mega structure. Like mm -hmm. that's probably how we'll end up discovering an alien species if it's us doing the discovering. It'll be like we'll see something very far from our telescopes that just it looks too anomalous to be natural and then we'll probably have to corroborate that obviously many times because this is this would be the most controversial and and you know civilization changing discovery we could ever yeah. make i think in the history of of civilization i, I completely so yeah. the burden of proof is going to be incredibly high yeah. higher yeah. than climate change higher than yeah. anything that we've discovered before. it would have to be so the evidence would have to be absolutely insurmountable even still you will get a lot of dissent so I don't think that there will be this huge binary shift if we make the discovery. But if the, it, it, you know, someone they makes contact here. with us, then there's nothing you can do about <laughs> that, yeah. right? Like it's just someone comes on a loudspeaker that everyone on the fucking earth yeah. can hear, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You can't really. That's either God yeah. and Rapture's coming, and that's not fun. Yeah. Or it's aliens and Rapture's coming. I'm not saying not it's fun. aliens, but yeah. Right. Anyway. Um, no. Yeah. So, all right. So. Uh, so uh, that's when I think the. Earth would go into absolute panic, panic mode. mode. I can see yeah. that. You know, there's nothing we can do to prepare for unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, we're, we're probably, we have to tie it off there. But, yeah. uh, so here's the last thing that we'll say for today. If you are a non-Earth, uh, you know, living, intelligent yeah. species, and you are receiving this podcast at some point now or in our future, please reach out to us. Uh, this is the Before Lunch Ends podcast. We will take it to the rest of the earth, and we yeah. think that we can be that. We, we can try to ensure that our two worlds Hopefully can understand English. English. Maybe, maybe if you Hopefully can fill out English. like a quick form, like yeah. are you carbon based? Yeah. Uh, Just you know, doing market discoveries. Yeah, all. yeah, yeah, things like that. Just yeah, give us give us some uh, give us, helpful info to start us know. this uh, this yeah. discovery off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What, what to check the make sure we check the fan mail. Yeah, we will. We'll be yeah. looking out for you. So we already got got post. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe put a tag off planet at the beginning yeah. of your mail so that we we flag. We'll get it. to those. We we check all those before all the other mail. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Thanks again. We will talk with you later for uh, on before lunch ends. Absolutely. Take care.